At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we get ready to dive into the Week 18 NFL card for the next three hours, the final week of the 2021 regular season. James, good day to you, my friend. We've been doing this show for 17 weeks. This will be our final week with a full schedule of games, and then uh, 18 teams are going to be calling me for golf tee times here pretty soon (laughs) at the close of Week 18. By the way, the Kansas City Chiefs, they kicked off Week 18 right down the street from you there in the Mile High City, James, visiting the Denver Broncos. They closed as 11.5-point favorites with a total of 44 and a half they are currently at halftime with the broncos leading this ball game 14 to 10 over the heavily favored chiefs the chiefs are trying to take back the number one seed in the afc with a win here today coupled with a titans loss to the texans uh the halftime line kc a seven and a half point favorite for the second half with a total of 23 Uh, James, the final week of the NFL regular season, it's always really a tricky one, very difficult to handicap. We spend all week finding out uh, which teams are going to rest their starters, who shows up in a meaningless game between two teams that have nothing to play for. Uh, Then you have games where you have a team that is in a must-win situation against another team that's looking to play spoiler. And then, of course, here in 2022, we also have to throw in the COVID factor. Who's going to be in or not in the game because of that? Who's Who's come off the list or who has been put on the list? How did you approach this final week, week 18 in 2021, the 2021 season? And is it different from your approach uh, than any other week? Somewhat. You talked about the motivation factor. That's bigger, obviously, in the final week of the season. Those kind of play out throughout the season, seeing if maybe there's a flat spot in the schedule, a lot of travel, a bigger game coming up next week, some of those sandwich spots in the schedule. Those happen. Those are out there. But I think here in the final week of the NFL season, that's the difficulty is to try to get into – really, you're trying to get into the mindset. You're trying to get into the locker room. Where is this team's collective focus? Is it on this game? If this team has nothing to play for, the season's over, you're not going to go to the playoffs are they building on something for next year this is a team that's that's looking forward they feel like they've had a little momentum towards the latter part of the season and this is a game for them to be able to to cap off some of the the momentum in that season to finish out and to carry over into the following season so so many different
different things to find out where the team's mindsets are. There also are a number of players that have contract incentives for their yardage, touchdowns, all those types of things. A lot of times that's self-serving, but teams can be aware of that and, and be intentional about making some of those plays. So you got to take some of those factors in mind too, Brady, and that's where I kind of went with this week. Just a couple of sides, not a whole lot of plays for me when it comes to sides or totals within the Week 18 matchups, but did play a number of different player props, whether it was based on an incentive potentially or just feeling like this is the way the game's going to go out and this is going to be a featured player within that matchup. James, did you tend to gravitate towards games that really mean something? We've got a couple of games late on the schedule, like the Niners against the Rams, the Chargers against the Raiders, or did you maybe gravitate more towards games where you had teams in those must-win situations, or did you land on the games where it means nothing, like, say, the Vikings and the Chicago Bears? Right now, that one I didn't land anywhere. I landed as far away from that game as I could as I could get, Brady. But some of them, I mean, a couple of them, yeah. When it, at least when you know there's something to play for, those teams are going to show up and the focus will be there. Now, does that mean you want to get involved with the side, depending on what that number is? That's always the that's always the deciding factor, right? That's kind of the balancing act that you do. Team shows up, but also, what is the point spread? What is that number? Because I have a couple plays where. The game means nothing to either side in a sense, but because of where that number sits, I took the number in that case. And so sometimes you're playing teams, you're playing matchups. Obviously, you're playing situational pieces too with the mindset of the game and certain teams coming into that that contest. But also then you can also play numbers, and some of these plays are just based on where that number sits as far as the point spread. James, we have some big favorites uh, this week in Week 18 in the NFL. You've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers laying better than a touchdown, the Buffalo Bills and the Jacksonville Jaguars, or I should say the Indianapolis Colts, both laying about 15 or 16 points. The Tennessee Titans, a double-digit favorite. Do you think that the odds makers are inflating these lines a little bit, knowing the situation for these teams? The Buffalo Bills, they win, they take the AFC East. The Titans win, they get the number one seat. Where they've got that incentive, do you feel like these point spreads might be a little bit inflated, the book protecting themselves a little? I, I agree, Brady. I think they do, especially you're thinking about that Bills game against the Jets, that number sitting 16, 16 and a half. That is a really big number. And yes, much more incentive for the Buffalo Bills to clinch the AFC East with a W in that matchup. But, you know, also a Jets team that's looking to try to build some momentum over the last couple of weeks and something to build on going into 2022. So, yeah, I think those are opportunities. Really have to dial into thinking about those big point spreads, how you want to get engaged with that. For me, I, I think for and probably for both of us, We've talked about that quite a bit throughout the duration of the season with these shows, Brady, is we're pretty averse to laying numbers like that, especially when it comes to double-digit numbers. On occasion, you found one like you did. I know you played the the New England Patriots last week in that scrimmage game against the Jacksonville Jaguars (laughs) laying 17 or whatever that huge number was. But those are the exceptions, right? It's the exceptions when you find that. And in in certain cases like that, these are, you know, it's professional football. They are looking forward to the playoffs. Yes, you would have won that game. Clinch your seed or clinch your division. Those are big pieces to play for, but also looking ahead. You don't want to get guys banged up. You're not looking for style points here. No one's voting on who's going to be ranked in the seating. It all comes down to wins and losses, and it doesn't matter. They're not thinking about covering those numbers. They just want to win those football games, so sometimes you can take advantage and go the other side And in the case of like a New York Jets where you're getting such a big number where I think the Jets are probably going to show up and be competitive. 
Yeah, that uh, Patriots game last week was one of the easier bets I had made all season, and I can't really remember the last time I ever laid a favorite that was that big. Uh, I, I don't even I, I know I haven't done it this season, and I don't know how many seasons ago that I did it, but uh, thankfully that one got home and relatively easily. All right, let's jump into the rotation here. The number one seed in the NFC, the Green Bay Packers, they're in the Motor City to finish off the regular season with the Detroit Lions. And it's almost exact opposites as far as these teams' two records. The Lions at 2-13-1, and and the Packers are at 13-3. and There's been a lot of speculation that's gone on throughout the week about how much Aaron Rodgers would play, if at all, and possibly some of the other starters for the Packers as well. This spread, of course, should have been in, in double digits in favor of Green Bay, but with everything that's going on here, the Packers already having locked up that number one seed. I made this number at three and a half in favor of the Packers on the road. Actually, I take that back. I made it two and a half. It opened at three and a half. Uh, but when I do my stats crunch, it spit out Packers minus 13 and a half and Packers minus six and a half. But of course, those are reflective uh, of this team playing at full strength and not resting any starters, what have you. Uh, currently, we are at the Packers by three on the road over Detroit with a total of 44 and a half. A real guessing game, James. Did you do anything with this one? No, I didn't. And that's where if you're speculating what the motive is going to be, who's going to play, you know, we've heard out of the Green Bay Packers locker room this week that, yes, we want to keep momentum going because they are going to have that first round bye next week. And in a sense, if you don't play anybody this week, that's going to be an additional week that you're not playing at a competitive level. And, and they may treat this and probably going to treat this as for what they're saying, that they want to keep momentum going. But to how to what extent are you going to play for a full 60 minutes obviously this number with it being sitting there at three and a half in favor of the Packers says no they're not going to play for a full 60 minutes you're not going to see you're, you're not going to see a majority of these starters they may get out there early get a couple reps it's going to look like a preseason game have a couple drives potentially and then go and sit I think that's where in game is really crucial for some of these types of matchups I don't want to get in front of something like this where I'm speculating how long certain players are are going to be out there on the field. And in this case here, that's really where we're at with the Packers. The other side here with the Lions is speculation. Was Goff going to play at the quarterback position? Was it going to be Tim Boyle again this week? Just really don't know. I think the one thing we do know out of the Detroit Lions, and it's not a good football team, and, and they've only two wins plus a tie on the season, but they've been very competitive. They played hard in majority of their contests, and I suspect that's what we'll be able to see out of this team on Sunday against the Packers. Division rival for one, you're going up against the Green Bay Packers for sure you're gonna you know, there's some incentive and some focus there but also they want to close out the season with the same momentum as from a competitive spirit that we've seen for the majority of the games from Detroit this season so I suspect when it comes to being focused and competing for a full 60 minutes we'll see that on the Lions side now it comes down to their talent level even if the Packers are playing some of their backups here can they still can they get over the hump with their talent level being where it is with the Detroit Lions we know all the injuries and the COVID everything that's gone on with this team but I, I would probably get involved if I got involved I haven't done it Brady but I'd be looking at the Lions but I'd be looking more in game once we know what the status is going to be with players as drives continue throughout the game yeah, as far as contests are concerned, I nearly got there with the Lions. In the Circa contest, they were getting three and a half, and I felt that hook was very important. In the Westgate Super Contest, the Lions are getting four and a half. We might see that become a very popular pick. 
Uh, of course, the Westgate lines come out on Wednesday. Circa lines come out on Thursday. So they have one extra day to adjust. And, of course, it's adjusting all week long here in Week 18 with everything that's going on. Uh, it's very interesting also, James, to note that the first half line is Green Bay minus 3.5, and, and the full game is Green Bay minus 3. I mean, that is – I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. That is something right there, favored by more in the first half than they are for the entire game. And that's where, well, Aaron Rodgers, how long is he going to go? If he is going to play at all, obviously he's not going to play the entirety of the game, but does he get a couple series in and that impacts that line right there? So, yeah, if you're thinking about getting the Packers and you know that you're seeing he's going to be out there on that field, that's probably the better way if you want to get involved with the Packers, to your point just get involved in that first half or even that first quarter potentially if you see one right now I don't have a first quarter line up on that game as of right now yeah I'm not going to touch that game because I I don't know if this is all a uh, smoke screen and Rodgers isn't going to play at all the Lions are currently on an 8-1 against the spread run against opponents with a winning percentage of 750 or better they're 6-1 against the spread in their last seven division games Detroit playing hard for sure. We'll be right back with more on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you rolling through the card for Week 18 in the National Football League, the final week of the regular season and a very difficult one to sort out. You know, James, I kind of compare it to Week 1. Week one is a lot of speculation. We're, you know, we're spending all offseason trying to figure out what these teams are going to be like when they start the new season. And then we get to week 18. And again, it's a lot of speculation. Now, we've seen these teams for 17 weeks prior, but uh, it, it's just such a toss-up. I think there's some similarity in trying to handicap both the first and the last week. I think thinking about the first week, especially teams that had a lot of transition, whether it was a new coaching staff coming in, a lot of player transition on the roster, guys trying to get acclimated, especially the fact that we just don't see the the training camps and the the 
the practices during the offseason and during the preseason to nearly the extent that, that we used to see back in the day, right? Two-a-days and four preseason games, those types of things. So that's part of it. I think the one thing that separates the first week from the last week is just knowing that the collective folks is a lot of excitement. Everybody's excited to get the season started. Been a long offseason, a lot of chatter, a lot of talk. Guys are ready to strap it up, tape it up, and get out there and, and start putting hats on other players. But we know that they're going to come focused and ready to get after it. You're going to get a competitive effort from each and every team for the most part. That's the challenge in the last week. Which teams bring it, which teams don't when it comes to that competitive spirit on the field. Yeah, a lot of teams at this point, uh, they're not excited to get started. They're excited to get home and get off that field. And uh, a couple of these teams might be a couple of candidates. Uh, It looks like Matt Nagy will be appearing in his last game as head coach of the Chicago Bears. It was reported earlier this week that he will not return to the Windy City next season. So a lame duck coaching situation here as the 6-10 and Chicago Bears visit the 7-9 and Minnesota Vikings. Both teams have been eliminated from the postseason. And, of course, Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer, he might not be back uh, next season either. I-, I made this number 7 in favor of Minnesota, James, and I was kind of surprised to see it open up a lot lower. My deeper numbers came to Minnesota by 6 and Minnesota by 4. Currently, it is Vikings laying four points to Chicago at home with a total of 44. How did you sort this one out? Thinking about, you talked about both coaches knowing Matt Nagy. This is going to be most likely his last game as the head coach for the Chicago Bears. What's going to happen with Mike Zimmer? How does that impact those players? Do they play hard for them, or are they happy that he's finally going to be gone? That's probably a bit. You probably have some folks in each of those camps when it comes to your head coach. And I think here, thinking about it's a division game, and the NFL was smart. You know, years a few years back when they started making these last few weeks of the season divisional contests. So at least from that standpoint, we know these teams. Over that have history that a lot of them don't like each other. There's a lot of rivalries, not only as the franchises, but also as players playing each other twice a year. Get tired of seeing those guys, and you want to put a lick on them. So at that point, yeah, that helps having the divisional games and those matchups, those rivals still being relevant. Here with the Bears and the Vikings, just think back a couple weeks ago, that Monday night game in Chicago. Really, you know, it was cold and it was windy, but it was a really low-scoring game. And in a sense, thinking about the Vikings there, Man, Kirk Cousins, he's got to be he, – he was really – he got hammered in that game, did not throw the ball well. He only had 87 yards passing on 24 attempts passing the football. And a big reason for that was they were in the backfield all day long. They put a lot of licks on Kirk Cousins in that game, in particular Akeem Hicks. He was sacked four times in that game, hit six other times, and Hicks was responsible for the majority of that. That's the big loss here for the Chicago Bears, Akeem Hicks downgraded to out for this game with an ankle injury. He was a game wrecker in that first contest and really limited that Vikings offense, not only in the passing game, but the running game as well. I think his absence is going to be pretty key for the Chicago Bears. I think both teams are going to play hard just from that standpoint. They don't like each other, and they just were fresh off of a game just a couple weeks back in a competitive contest, even though the Bears could not score inside those inside the 20s. Well, it's going to be Andy Dalton at the quarterback position in this matchup. Not going to have to deal with the weather in 
inside the dome. Uh, probably, I haven't gotten involved, Brady, looking at this number. The the total sitting somewhere around 44, 44 and a half. If I, got, if I did get involved, I'd probably be looking towards the over in that matchup. I just think when we get to this point in the season, a lot of guys just aren't kind of, not as much energy and as much effort put out there on the defensive end when it comes to tackling. I think we tend to see a lot of missed tackles in these games, and guys don't want to get themselves hurt going into the offseason on the defensive side because it is such a physical sport. That might be where I'd lean in this matchup is looking at the over in this contest, but no bet right now. Yeah, Akeem Hicks has really been one bright spot for an otherwise very disappointing Chicago Bears team this season. You're absolutely right. He has been a game wrecker, and he will not be present for this contest. And Robert Quinn, another very good player on that defensive line for the Chicago Bears. He's currently listed as questionable, but I stayed away from this game. Ultimately, you remember uh, you mentioned Kirk Cousins struggling in that matchup a few weeks ago. He's just 2-5 and five straight up and against the spread against Chicago head coach T- uh, Matt Nagy. He's led his team to 20 or fewer points in six of those seven games. He's also 2-4 and four straight up and 1-5 and five against the spread in final games of the regular season. He's led his team to 10 or fewer points in six of those season-ending games. So Kirk Cousins uh, not really putting his best foot forward coming down the stretch. We'll see if that continues here against the Chicago Bears. The Indianapolis Colts are at the Jacksonville Jaguars, a place that they have not won since 2014, and they will need a win today to advance to the postseason. Now, this is not entirely a must-win situation, but it may as well be. Uh, There's all kinds of crazy scenarios. If the Colts do lose this game, they could still get in, but basically it's a must-win situation for the Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville at just 2-14 and 14 on the year. They're coming off of that 50-10 to 10 embarrassment we talked about earlier at the hands of the Patriots. They've now dropped eight games in a row. Indy is off the loss at home to the Raiders. I made this number nine in favor of the road team Colts, James, and my deeper numbers came to Colts by 10 and Colts by 10.5. Right now, we are at 14.5. That's the consensus number in favor of Indianapolis with a total of 43.5. And And you and I have talked about on the program, James, especially the last couple of weeks, and that's one of the reasons I went against Jacksonville in that New England Patriots game, how this team is in such disarray. Do you think they have a chance here to spoil the party for their division rival? No, this is, uh, of all the teams in the league, this would be the last team that I would say as a big double-digit underdog that's going to rally and show up and be able to pull off this huge upset. This is just a team, it's just a, we knew it was a bad football team coming in, and just think about how the season is, has gone on firing coach Urban Meyer and and really the regression that we've seen from the young, from the number one draft pick overall at the quarterback position. It's just been a struggle consistently for Trevor Lawrence to find and opportunities to make plays. It's not a good football team, and part of it, it's it's I can't put all the blame on him. He's a rookie coming in, a lot of a lot of pressure on him to have to really carry and be the face of this franchise and carry a bad football team. And then they've had a lot of injuries offensively. James Robinson being gone from the running back position, a number of receivers down. It's just a, a mess of a football team offensively. So no, I'm I, I'm. 
Uh, typically, you think that, and it's a divisional game, and I think that's where the one thing that's maybe even a more incentive, uh, addition, and let's call it additional incentive for the Indianapolis Colts in this matchup, not only to, to win and get themselves into the playoffs, don't have to worry about any other scenarios to get in with help, go win the football game, you're good to go, but they have not played well down in Jacksonville over the last couple of years. They've lost their last five games on <laughs> in trips to Jacksonville, and I think from that standpoint, this is just something where this team wants to get that monkey off their back, too. Now, again, it's just to win the football game, not to try to cover these big numbers. But I think the strength of the Indianapolis Colts, we know what that is, is rushing the football. And the Jaguars are one of the worst rush defenses in the league, giving up 127 yards rushing per game. And then the last two weeks, just a no-show from that Jags defense on the ground. They've given up 454 yards collectively in the last two games. So I suspect we'll see a, a field day out of Jonathan Taylor in this matchup. So there was one... One prop bet that I got involved with, this was an incentive bet. It's Marvin Jones. He needs four receptions in this matchup to get five, uh, a half a million dollars. That's really the only incentive I think this team has. I think they're going to be conscious of that, with not only with Trevor Lawrence and Marvin Jones, even simple things, just quick outs to get him that, get him that number. Four receptions for 500k for Marvin Jones. His total is sitting at over three and a half, priced at a dollar forty-five. I did make that play at a prop bet. I did take Jacksonville in a teaser and tease them up to plus 21 and a half. Uh, you can get to about 20 and a half now with that line currently at 14. And it goes to what we're talking about, about inflated lines, James. I think this is another one. Uh, you know, I told you I made the number nine. Both of my stats crunches came to 10. I, I do think Indianapolis can win this game by, you know, 12, 14 or whatever. But when you're getting to 16, I, I just don't really see it happening. I think they're going to want to shorten this game and just get out of Dodge with a W and they're not necessarily down there to blow them out. Colts head coach Frank Reich is four and three straight up and one five and one versus Jacksonville, including 0 and three straight up and against the spread on the road and 0 and two against the spread versus the Jaguars in the final game of the season. Indy began the season 0-3 straight up, and they were also out-yarded in those three games. Now they're finishing the season. After their bye week, they've been out-yarded in three straight games again, yet they are 2-1 straight up in those games. So they're kind of limping to the finish line here are the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm betting that sluggish effort might continue down in Jacksonville. I like the Jags plus all those points. We'll be back with more in just a moment right here on v This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the program. We have reached the time where it is time to play our favorite game show, America's favorite game show, coming up here on the Pro Football Blitz. Consider it, book it, or drop it. Okay, Mr. Salinas, you know the routine here. I am going to read a stat sheet. You're trying to guess who the mystery player or coach is. I will reveal that mystery person, and then we will decide if we want to consider a bet on this person, make a bet on this, book a bet, I should say, on this person, or completely drop making a bet on this person. And today we are going to be talking about Coach of the Year in the NFL, and I know personally you have a ticket on Bill Belichick to win Coach of the Year. I am not in action on the Coach of the Year market, but uh, let's go through a few here and see what you think. I will start with Coach number one, 
a win this week uh, and a loss from a divisional opponent, which is not likely, will give this gentleman the division. And they are locked into the playoffs already. This would be his 19th season making the playoffs in his 22-year career. His team currently ranks 8th in offense, scoring over 27 points per game. And once again, he has one of the very best defenses in the league. They allow less than 17 points per game. His odds to win Coach of the Year currently are 35-1. to Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's your guy. Unfortunately, he's uh, drifted a little bit on the price. Yeah, you got to drop it. It's not going to happen. He had his opportunity. They, as far as the the that matchup a couple weeks back with the Patriots hosting the Buffalo Bills, that was their opportunity to seize not only win the division in a sense, but also be put themselves in contention to potentially be the number one seed overall in the AFC. And the fact that they lost that game, that pretty much took him out of a contention, I think, uh, because thinking about where they would be as opposed to where they are right now, still just trying to get into the – potentially have an outside chance to win the division, but I think it's too late, too little, too late. That was the matchup to do it, and I think really, you know, he doesn't deserve it. He had the opportunity to to win that football game, and I think that defensive, that really that, that it was such a conservative defensive game plan going into that Bills game. Dropping seven, eight, and sometimes nine guys back in coverage wanting to, to see if if Josh Allen and that Buffalo, Buffalo Bills def- offense would be patient enough to take what the defense gave him, well, it just got really what it is. It got Josh Allen in a great rhythm. Not only throwing the ball, he was able to utilize his skill set with his feet. And I just felt like it was a really deep, uh, conservative game plan defensively, and it hurt the defense from this standpoint that they didn't tackle very well. You take that physical nature away from defenders where they're always on their heels, backpedaling, sitting in coverage. You take away that physicality of it when it comes up to having to lay a lick on somebody, and there's a big missed tackles in that game to me that falls on Belichick's shoulders so no I've already my my ticket's not going to cash the party's over for that one I would definitely not even consider it I'd drop this but Belichick uh coach of the year bet James I, I don't know if you did this if you employed this strategy but I think it's very interesting that probably was the crucial game there uh the fulcrum if you will that game against the Buffalo Bills would you consider maybe hedging your bet a little bit and betting the Buffalo Bills in that contest. You figure, you know, if Belichick loses that game like they did, then that ticket's kind of trash, right? No, I mean, I I only had a nickel vested on it. So it depends how much. When we talk about hedging, it's a matter of, Partly, yeah, how much do you stand to win out of this if it's if it's 20 to 1, which that ticket was, but also how much have I vested in it? And for me, that's not enough of an investment for me to say, well, I need to make sure I get this nickel back and, and if to each their own when it comes to the level of how they want to take hedges in any kind of, whether it's future markets or, or in particular games. That said, uh, for me, it just wasn't enough. I didn't have enough on it for me to make it feel like this was going to be a loss for me in this sense and how much would I want to put on the other side? Because now I start putting too much to feel like I'm going to take the bills in that matchup and they don't win how much did i actually sacrifice based on where that where that ticket stood so no i didn't do any kind of hedge play with it all right coach number two here with a win this week against a divisional bottom feeder this team will be riding into the postseason as the number one seed and getting a first round bye. this would be the third time making the postseason in the four-year tenure for this gentleman as head coach with this team. They're in the middle of the pack offensively at 15th, scoring just under 24.5 points per game. His defense pretty good, though, sixth in the NFL, only allowing 20.6 per game. His odds to win Coach of the Year are currently plus 275. Are we talking about Mike Vrabel with the Titans? Mike Vrabel, indeed, the former Patriot. 
the former Patriots, right? And and I think I think what you see out of Rabel is the. I mean, it's it's such a weird season for the Tennessee Titans just because of the injuries that they suffered starting at the running back position with Derrick Henry. Anytime you lose him, yeah, you're going to see some drop-off with that team. And we kind of saw that team rally once he was out. And and But also, I just... I don't. I don't know where to go with this one, Brady, because I think of Rabel and and def- he's a defensive-minded coach, and I think it's been the defense that's had to carry the load, obviously because of the loss of Derrick Henry and how impactful that was to their offense. But it is such a weak division. It's the weakest division in football when you were talking about the AFC South, and you're going to get to play the Texans and the Jaguars twice, and they lost to the Texans at home as a double-digit favorite. I guess we can consider it. The price is already way too low. I guess that's the other piece, too. It's just not enough lucrative. It's not a big enough price for me to want to really get involved. You're talking plus 275, I think you said, less than 3-1 to one here. And, and he's not a sure thing to win this win this award even if they do win and get that number one seed i just think probably what hurts him is this the fact that the afc south is so winnable yeah this is a bet i would drop probably the price is too low and you talk about the loss to the texans he also lost to the jets uh and so i you know i think he has done quite a job without his horse and derrick henry but uh i think he's got some stiffer competition uh higher up the board and we'll get to one of those here with coach number three uh he's already clinched the number one seed and a first round by this team ready to accomplish what they could not last year this will be the third time reaching the playoffs for this coach in his three-year tenure with the team this team is 10th in scoring at 26.3 per game on offense. Defense is 8th in the league, allowing less than 21 points per game. His odds to win the Coach of the Year, he is a co-favorite at plus 160. Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and how good is this guy, James? I mean, I, I know Aaron Rodgers is a huge part of this Green Bay Packers organization and franchise, but this guy's coaching record for, through his first three years in the NFL, it's historically good. And hell, obviously, it helps to have Aaron Rodgers, a Hall of Fame quarterback, on that side. But yeah, to your point here, I think thinking about how the off season was for the Green Bay Packers and everything, all the distractions with with Aaron Rodgers was he even going to play. What was going to happen? How, especially how the thinking of the NFC Championship game and how that game ended late, where they decided they took the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands on fourth down inside the ten and decided to kick the field goal, thinking that you were going to get the opportunity to get back and win the football game. Some some grumblings about that in the offseason, too. So I think there was a lot of things swirling around this team off the field that I think Matt LaFleur had to juggle and keep this team focused and galvanized going on their road back to where they're at now being the number one seed again in the NFC in the NFC I, th- uh, I mean he's probably it makes sense that he's the front runner in this case I suspect he probably will win this but the number's way too short all the value's gone the number's too short and and this is subjective in nature too and those are the kind of the concerns when we get into these awards and what's the subjectivity mean from certain voters do they have an animosity towards Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback, as the leader of that team, and how might that reflect on the coach too? I'm not sure, but because that number is so low, I'll drop it. I think I am favoring this last candidate over uh, Matt LaFleur, and that is coach number four here. This is the first time this coach has clinched the division, and they have booked their ticket 
to the postseason. This is the first time he'll be making the playoffs with his team in his three-year tenure with the club. His team's offense ranks fifth in the NFL in scoring at just under 28 points per game. Their defense, middle of the pack, at 17th, allowing 22.2 points per game. His odds, like LaFleur, to win Coach of the Year, plus 160. Then be Zach Taylor with the yeah. Cincy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the turnaround is more remarkable for what he's done with the Bengals, and maybe that attracts the voters more so than La, uh, than Matt Lafleur, and especially the way that they play. Right, they're fun to watch. They have the, the the offensive talent that they have, and he's an offensive coach, and the talent that they have with Burrow, and we've seen the emergence of Chase. Kind of went through a, a maybe a rookie wall, and and teams were adjusting to Chase, but obviously we've seen the last couple of weeks that passing game really flourished with Burrow throwing for almost a thousand yards in two games against playoff contention team when you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens and Kansas City and I know Baltimore's really beat up but I guess it, again this number is just too short and maybe he is going to be it makes sense that he's right there as far as 160 plus 160 to go with Matt LaFleur but I think because the number is just too short I can't get involved yeah I think we're too late in the game here yeah. to make any bets but I'd like to see Taylor win it I'd like to see LaFleur win it too I, I like him a lot but Taylor it's quite a story, the turnaround that he's made. Uh, if you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You can catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast. Get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops with Greg Peterson, Long Shots as well for your golf fix. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back with more on the Pro Football Blitz. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to help you make this your best betting year ever. It's our all new big game, big dance special. Provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th. For only $69, sign up now to get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and the College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdowns on every game. 
It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. James, the Tennessee Titans, they are on the road in Houston for a date with the Texans. Houston upset Tennessee back in week 11. So a little bit of revenge on the minds of the Tennessee Titans, as well as the opportunity to lock up the number one seed in the AFC with a win here down in Houston. Now, the Texans, they have been more competitive as of late. They've won two out of their last three games, and they led the San Francisco 49ers last week 7-3 to at the half. I made this number seven and a half in favor of the Texans, or excuse me, in favor of the Titans, and my stats crunch came out to ten and a half in favor of Tennessee and eight in favor of Tennessee. Currently, we are at a flat ten, a road point, a uh, ten point road favorite for the Tennessee Titans at ten, with a total of forty two. Now we talked about this last week. This is not truly a must win situation for the Tennessee Titans. Yes, they must win to get that number one seed, but they're already in the playoffs. They are already the AFC South division champs so they don't have the pressure of missing the postseason here with a loss what do you think do they roll today over the uh, lowly texans i think we have to look at the matchup here i think let's look at the Texans side for starters we know it's not a good football team but they have been competitive as of late but just don't really have the playmaking ability to try to keep up uh, from i think about, i think about the game last week against san francisco and i think they had a three-point lead at halftime but they really got worn down, and it's because of their rush defense. It's just not a – it's the worst rush defense in the league, as a matter of fact, giving up 143 yards per game on average. And that's what happened in that second half against San Francisco. They were shut out in the second half, 20 to nothing in that game in, uh, against the 49ers, and a lot of that was the rushing capacity for the Niners to continue to really just grind down that Texans defense, a lot more three and outs with the offense with Davis Mills. And I think over the last handful, of weeks with Davis Mills being announced as the consistent starter at the quarterback position. I think that's taken some pressure off him. Feels a little more confident out there making some plays and then they're always feel like they're behind uh, except for games like against the Tennessee Titans a while back in week 11 as a double digit dog going into that game. They won that game outright and it was really a mess of a game. It was it rained the entire game. The field was really sloppy and Tannehill had an awful game. He threw four interceptions in that matchup but I think here you're going to have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. They are both, neither of them are on the injury report, so they're both healthy for this matchup. And and we know the Tennessee Titans will also, even though without Derrick Henry, he will not be active. There was speculation Derrick Henry would potentially come and be active for this contest, maybe get a few few carries and, and start to bit, get some of the rust off before the bye week if the Titans win this football game. But yeah, maybe this is where the, the Texans show up in the first half and they compete. And maybe that might be if I get involved. I haven't gotten involved, Brady. I don't think that I will. I didn't see any props that I was really interested in getting here. Uh, the The first half spread in this game is Tex, uh, the t- Titans are laying 6.5 with a total of 21.5. It, maybe it's the total, and we look at the other way. I, I just I, there's too many ifs for me here. I just don't know from the Texans standpoint. They'll play hard, but do they have the horses to be able to compete with the Titans for 60 minutes? Maybe even 30. Maybe that's the better spot here with the Texans plus the six and a half. If I want to get involved, but I don't think that I will. The spread here, I think, is interesting, and you wonder if maybe this is another one of those spreads that is a little bit inflated. The Texans were 10-point underdogs right before Thanksgiving when they upset the Titans 22 to 13 in Nashville. So if you're giving the Titans one and a half points for home field advantage, that would mean they're eight and a half point favorites on a neutral field. 
If you give Houston one and a half points for home field advantage, that would mean they should be a seven-point underdog here at home rather than ten. Uh, we talked about this earlier in the program. Do you think uh, this is a case, James, where maybe this number is a little bit inflated by the books? It probably is, and and knowing just thinking the incentive, and if you're if you're a better and you're looking at oh yeah they got to have this game they want that number one seed and that's enough incentive when you're talking about being the number one seed you get the buy next week and more importantly everything goes through your house to be able to get to the Super Bowl in the AFC so I think there's plenty of incentive there for the Titans uh, to to be able to win this game doesn't matter about covering they just want to win the football game but I just I feel like. If I'm going to get involved with the Texans, do I trust that team, Davis Mills and company, to be able to play, in a sense, a clean football game for 60 minutes? I know Tannehill was awful in that last matchup, and he's not typically a quarterback that I trust, especially with no Derrick Henry out there to pound the football and open up so much of the play-action pass and the boots and all the things that they do offensively when Henry is the threat out there at full strength, not being there. Yeah, maybe that's that's where I look at. It. I don't know. I just don't know if I trust the Texans long enough for sixty minutes to play enough clean football because I we're not going to see the same performance, the poor performance that we saw out of Tannehill. Can't get any. He's got nowhere else to go than up from that last matchup against the against the Texans when he threw those four interceptions. But not going to have to deal with weather down there in Houston. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely inflated in my mind, but not enough for me to, I think, get involved. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I, I, I toyed around with this game a little bit, um, and I, I believe it, it is probably a little bit inflated, but I think the Titans could end up covering that number quite easily. It just depends on what Texans team shows up. So ultimately, I stayed away from this game. The 4-12 and New York Giants hosting the 6-10 and Washington football team. This is our second game of the day or of the program that we have covered that has no playoff meaning whatsoever. Two teams that have both been playing very poorly down the stretch, too. Washington, they won four in a row out of their bye week, and they have dropped four straight ever since. The Giants have not won a game since Daniel Jones was sidelined with that neck injury six weeks ago. Uh, I made this number three in favor of the road team Washington and my deeper dives both came to Giants as two-point favorites but the market currently has Washington favored by seven with a total of 38 are you going to be involved with this one James I'm not going to get involved with the side thinking about Washington and where they're at and I think for Ron Revere we've we've talked about a few games where we know coaches are like the Chicago Bears, Mac Nagy, most likely his last game, and other teams, maybe Mike Zimmer is at his last game for the Vikings. That's not going to be the case here with the Washington football team. We know Ron Revere is going to be coming back. He's done a lot of work to really try to rectify the the dysfunction that was the, the entire franchise, not just what was on the field, but the entire franchise. He's had to be the face of that for the last two years and done a sensational job of really cleaning up a lot of that mess, and he keeps a tighter ship. You don't hear a lot of things coming out of that locker room from players or from those coaches see a competitive effort for sure from this Washington football team but I don't know if I just trust them to lay this number on the road at seven but then on the other side Brady I, I can't get involved with the New York Giants this team what's going to happen with Joe Judge does he come back or not who knows I don't know I'm not going to speculate whether he does maybe some players we've heard some of the captains on the team speak up publicly uh, 
through the media and talk about their their affinity for Judge and think he should be back and like what they're going and where the culture's going with the New York Giants. But culture only goes so far. You still got to get out there and win football games, and that comes down to making plays, especially on the offensive side, and that's where we're totally lacking here with the Giants. You mentioned Daniel Jones. It hasn't been there. They haven't won without Daniel Jones at the quarterback position for this offense, and it's just been a complete wreck, whether it's whether it's Mike Glennon or Jake Fromm who's going to get the start in this matchup against Washington. It doesn't really matter. These they, They've been so putrid on offense, really been reprehensible from a professional standpoint, Brady, thinking how bad they've been in the passing game, regardless of which quarterback is playing between Glennon and Fromm. It's been awful. In those games, they've averaged just 135 yards passing the football. All the rules are built for the offense. Everything's in favor of the offense, in particular the passing game. They've thrown 135 yards per game, nine interceptions, six fumbles, sacked 12 times. It's just a complete wreck during this losing streak for the Giants. That probably where looking at that total of 38, I know it's low in this day and age of, of 2021 National Football League offense, but maybe it does, I, I don't know how the Giants contribute to that. I think probably what scares me off of that is the fact that the quarterbacks have been so bad, in this case Jake Fromm, does he set up the? Does the defense for Washington create offense? Do they get some turnovers, pick six, strip sacks, those kind of things, or turnovers that lead to short fields for the Washington to be able to capitalize and put the ball in the end zone? That's probably where I'll just stay away. I'd like to play the under, but I don't trust those quarterbacks enough to value the ball to not give short fields to the Washington football team. Yeah, the only way I could go with this one is taking the points with the Giants. I just can't lay seven on the road with the Washington football team. But you're right. You know, and the Giants with Daniel Jones, absolutely this would be a take plus seven points. But you're right. Since he's gone, this team has been so awful. And then you look at this injury list, James. I mean, this is the longest list in the league this week with COVID and injury. And uh, it's been that way for the New York Giants really seemingly all season long. So, I could not get there. Washington head coach Ron Rivera, he's faced the Giants five times since 2015. Three and two straight up, one and four against the spread. Each of those five games has been decided by three or fewer points, and the underdog has gotten the money in each one. We'll see if that's the case on Sunday with the New York Giants. Coming back with more of the Pro Football Blitz, stick with us at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 